the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Liar Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, this is a real treat because we have one of my best friends and favorite people on the show today. He's been a supporter of my firm for many years. His name is Kelsey Bratcher. He's been on the show before. He is an automation guru. He has his own company called Hired Gun Solutions. He also helped us run the first ever Maximum Lawyer Zapathon in January of 2020. Kelsey, how are you, my brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh Currently in Arizona, I, for p- people that don't know me, I'm a full-time RVer. And so I typically try to chase 75, 85 degree weather year round. And unfortunately, I'm going to be grounded in Arizona for a little bit because my uh, oldest daughter is about to graduate from ASU with her teaching degree. And we don't know if they're going to do a ceremony or not, but you know we're going to be here to throw a little bit of a party for her when she reaches that milestone. So we're excited, but it's going to get hot here. I'll say that. <laughs> hey man, hot's good. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. So I, I don't want you to go into uh, too much detail because I think a lot of people know you, but will you talk a little bit about your background? I, and I usually ask people, hey, will you tell us about your journey? But I just uh, give give people the Cliff Notes version of Kelsey Bratcher so they know who you are and why you're so badass. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I've always been like a techie and like into automation. Like I remember the first time it occurred to me that I could automate my job. I was grinding spreadsheets at this call center doing data analysis and I learned about like Excel macros and and how to use formulas to do things instead of like clicking on every cell and doing all these like little simple tricks. And then, so that parlayed into me getting a job at a company called Infusionsoft, which is now Keep in 2008. Uh, and I became an implementation specialist where I'd work with new customers that purchased Infusionsoft and help them get off the ground up and running, either bringing over their existing stuff and building it in Infusion or whatever the sales guy lied to him about, I would have to build. And so that was <laughs> kind of the, the starting point. Uh, over the course of that time period, I got divorced. I went to a men's group and a men's therapy group in Mexico. I met a dude that, that paints houses. Um, I helped him grow his business from, he was the best year ever was 275,000 uh, in 20 years of going door to door cold calling. And uh, I helped him grow his business to 3.6 million over the course of a three or four year time period. Uh, by implementing the same like systems and processes using Infusionsoft. And he actually won an award. And that's how I met Jim 
was Jim was in attendance at a conference called Icon, which is Small Business Icon, which was Infusionsoft's user conference. And uh, Jim had reached out to me. I think I did a webinar at the time to kind of talk about what him and me and Brian were doing. And so Jim had reached out and we started working together. Uh, I think I had about 10 or 15 people that I was working with at the time that came in from that particular, like, I guess, publicity. And uh, Jim has been with me ever since. And and it's been so we got real deep into doing all the law stuff. Um, started out with an Infusionsoft doing mostly marketing related, email marketing related campaigns. And then we started getting into more of the like nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff of like intake and like how the intake people are assigned. And we've been into Clio and Lead Docket and Filevine and uh, Process Street and like every other tool you can think of. And so uh, that brings us to today. Jim and I are still work together. I work with most of the time. I mean, you got a lot going on, Jim, as of late, but uh, I work with Adela from his team and Laura Clark from his team every day, pretty much. All right, Kelsey. And I know that you have been working a lot more with lawyers than you were when we started. And I know a lot of those folks have come from maximum lawyer. And, um, you know, we, we always have people that are really happy to have the chance to work with you. Um, without, you know, going into specifics about any particular attorney, what are, what are some of the mistakes that you see lawyers make when it comes to automation or trying to automate and i would say with maybe a focus on sales and on fulfillment so i would say the, the probably the biggest i mean this is generally true about most small businesses is that sales following up with leads making sure leads get contacted quickly that you've seen them through to a conclusion is kind of a, a term that i borrowed from a guy that i worked with who's a real estate coach and he teaches this concept of you know, if every if you're going to get a lead, make sure you see it to some kind of conclusion, whether it means that you're not going to work with them, that they that you've called them enough or they're not going to get in, you're not going to get in touch with them. You've met with them, but you know that you're going to sign with them or whatever the situation is that every lead reaches some kind of conclusion. And so if you start from that framework and you build your systems around that to make it so that at least you're following up with everybody, then that that's usually the biggest and most easy. Like that's something that anybody can fix. They don't need to be. Uh, you know, working with someone like me and they don't need any crazy, they don't need crazy software, except crazy software can make that easier when you have more leads. So I would say like the first thing is identifying like, Hey, if I get a lead, this is what should happen to it. It gets a call by this person and, and lay out what those steps are, because if you can't automate something, if you don't know what it is that you're trying to automate. And that's, that's what a lot of people kind of, they'll get into zapping and start messing around or they'll get a new tool to start messing around without any like clear objective, I guess is the way to say it. And that's probably the, the biggest mistake slash struggle that I see a lot of people have problems with now. I mean, then once you've gotten that down, then you can start doing things that are like fun, like optimization where you're like, understand, like in your case, Jim, when we, when you started working with Gary Falkowitz and the kind of stuff that we, the changes that we had made to what we had already been improving upon along the way, you know, made the turnaround time is faster According to Laura Clark, you guys just had your best week ever as far as new starts. And uh, it all, I mean, it's a compounding factor of, you know, the amount of time that it takes for us to get in touch with the lead, the amount of time it takes for us to get an attorney to talk to him, to get him to sign papers and get him to pay. And I mean, back when we first got started, I think, I mean, I remember you telling me it was like 13 days on average. And I think now we're like under four. If I were to, if I were to like look at the stats, I think we're under four days, meaning from the day that that person becomes a lead to when they start and 
now it's like, how do we make it two days? I mean, those are the kinds of things that, that we've been looking at. And as far as like the other side of the fence, like that's way significantly more complex. And I would say, I mean, we've been working together for, we're going to be going on seven years almost, I think now. And we've now, I mean, I would say in like the fourth and fifth year, we've been focused on like once the sale actually occurs, because a lot of the stuff historically for us was just continually massaging and getting all that stuff kind of humming along and working together. And I've now finally got, we, we finally got into the position now where we're working on like, literally we're doing Filevine 2.0, as we call it, revamping, like how you guys implemented it in the beginning to, we want to specialize different, you know, I don't want to say, how do I say it? What's the, what's the word that they use in Filevine to describe? Uh, anyways, the, the different groups that uh, you can use, some of project types. Yeah, project type. That was the word I'm looking for. It's late. I'm sorry. I've been working since 5 a.m. So it's <laughs> yeah, project type. So we're doing custom project types for you know the main categories of what you practice. And so I've got to learn way more. I mean, I already felt like I knew way more about immigration law than the average person, but now I've gotten real deep in by working with Adela, who's one of your paralegals. Laura Clark's been super helpful and like kind of laying out like what the big picture is and like identifying where a lot of time is wasted. And I mean, there's simple things, uh, the weird, the weird thing, weirdest thing that I notice, like I spend all day, every day on in front of a computer doing this kind of stuff. And sometimes there's some weird habits that I notice <laughs> that people have with computers and using technology that like, doesn't make sense. An example of that. And like, this is a recent discovery, Jim, is we had a couple of file upload fields in Filevine. And like what would happen is they took off the ability to like add a hashtag and direct them to a folder because they felt like it was annoying to navigate through folders. But like, is it more annoying to click on a folder to look at social media posts and then know that there's only social media posts in there? Or is it more annoying to look at 75 images to figure out which one are social media posts? And so you have to look at those types of activities that you're doing where like you're horribly inefficient in, in how you're going about it. And so by simply like layering on these like little things, like making sure that if it's a social media post that it goes to a social media post folder, those are the kinds of things that I think a lot of people overlook that are easy and accessible. To, I mean, they, most of the stuff shouldn't even cost you any extra money and really quick type of turnaround to just fix these things as you go. So Kelsey, I mean, we talk about, I'm going to back it up a little bit because mm -hmm. we talk about automation all the freaking time. We talk about CRMs and automation and everything, and emails and everything and you've worked for Infusionsoft, and I know that before Infusionsoft used to say, you know, write it out before you start your processes and mapping everything out. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say that you're just like you're you're new to the CRM and automation game. I, I mean, where do you think? And I want to I want you to assume that these people have no knowledge as to how to sure. do anything when it comes to automation. Like, where do you think people should start when it comes to like the process, working everything out? I think the the first thing is to kind of make yourself aware of what's available to you as far as technology by either talking to your colleagues, uh, people like this podcast explains it, I think probably exceptionally well, but there's a book that stands out in my mind that I read a long time ago that lays out the kinds of stuff that we're talking about in a digestible non-techie way. And that book is called duct tape marketing by John Jans. It's a been around for, I think 10, 15 years now. And, uh, it lays it out. I mean, it's it's kind of out of date last time I looked at it, but the reference points for what a CRM is for, how it should be used, 
the kinds of things you want to be tracking. Like these things help you lay out what your objectives are when you're implementing this type of technology. Because like the interesting thing is that I, I and attorneys talk about intake all the time. I, it's, a, it's a constantly coming up. It's the specific word you guys use to describe selling, I guess is the way to say it. And, uh, and so the intake process of getting a lead, talking to them on the phone, qualifying them, and then having them sign up for, you know, whether it's, however it, that happens with paid consults, with free consults, with whatever that situation looks like. I mean, it's sales at the end of the day. And so there's a lot of resources when you look outside the attorney space that basically explain how these things work. And that book, I think if you if you're like complete beginner, like maybe this is like you, you're just starting your own firm. You have no idea how these things work. That book's going to lay out the core elements that will carry through until you, you know, are spending your life doing what I do, <laughs> I guess is what I would say. Yeah, so we had John Janch on the show, episode 179. Duct tape marketing is certainly one of those books that I refer to even now and that, you know, it's one of those ones you can always come back to. It's really about sort of marketing, you know, with on a shoestring budget. There are a lot of good ideas for people that are just starting out. And Kelsey, talk to us a little bit about sort of your transition now to spending more time with lawyers uh, how are you enjoying that? Sort of what are you doing more of? What are you doing less of? That's a good question. So, I mean, there's, so, I mean, as of late, and and I think it's part of, partially because of my association with you, Jim, that I got a lot of attorneys like coming to me looking for help with the type of stuff that I do. And like, I mean, it's kind of always been there, I think, but I just kind of didn't, I disregarded it because I was, you know, focused on a specific software or I was focused on like I had started a marketing agency with a client of mine and we had, we were working with stem cell clinics. And so it was kind of like out here on the, you know, out, I guess in the outfield, I guess would be the way to say it. And um, so I think for, for me, one of the things that changes is one of, I had a business destroyed because of COVID. And so that kind of <laughs> forced me to reevaluate the market. I mean, who would have thought that getting a bunch of old folks into a room to sell them medical treatment uh, that's not, that's elective and cash only wouldn't work in COVID-19. Like that's just not the strat. The whole business was built on that strategy and then it just was gone like instantly. So it made me reevaluate like, okay, well, out of all the clients that I've ever worked with, I mean, I've worked in real estate, insurance, home improvement, like construction. Oh, I mean, you name it, like every type of small business aside from maybe like mom and pop retail stores, like, uh, in restaurants. Those are the kinds of two really big business categories that I've never really done a lot with. And uh, they all have different kinds of challenges and different kinds of problems. And there's always constraints, I feel like. And the more I've gotten to work with attorneys, the, the less and less of those constraints that you guys experience. So like, yes, you have regulatory boards and you have governments when governments that dictate how you guys have to operate and long history of like, practicing law to influence things. But as far as like being like you, the software you guys use, it's all like right there, ready to go to be able to do the kind of stuff that I do. Like you don't have the same problems that like, like doctors and chiropractors and dentists have, they have to do all this HIPAA stuff. Their software is all locked up and like, you have to really go out of your way to do things. And then in addition to that, a lot of the work that you guys do on the day-to-day -day basis is fairly tedious. I mean, when you actually get down to, the like nitty gritties of composing certain types of documents and things like that. And so when I look at those types of problems, it's very apparent that 
you know, the skill set that I've developed over the past 15 years or so just so happens to work really well for, for what you guys are doing. And uh, I would have never thought that I would have learned so much about a particular marketplace, I guess would be the way to say it. And uh, basically considering like, I don't think I'll ever know everything, but like I have a good idea about how the different elements that go into a law practice, as far as technology are concerned to get to, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I don't even know how to describe it, I guess, but that's kind of the, I think the long and the short of it. And then the other thing that you guys are a heck of a lot more committed to your businesses than the average business owner, which is always a pleasure for me because you, I can get right there with you on, on how you want to be able to work in your practice. And so like real estate agents are flaky. Like there's, I wish that I could say that that was different, but the stakes that go into becoming a realtor are just not the same as an attorney. It's just not this, you know what I mean? <laughs> so Kelsey, the number one question that we get in the group in the big group is what's what CRM should I use or what, what case management system should I use? And I'm not going to ask you that question because it's, it's, it's so subjective, but what should people analyze? Like what should they be taking into consideration whenever they're looking at a CRM and a case management system? Or will you talk about the differences between the two and then what people should look at? Yeah. So the one thing that I will say for start with the case management systems uh, and the ones that I've had the most experience with are Clio and Filevine, like hands down. Filevine by far, but Clio a close second. Those tools are very for, they're, they're not built for, in my usage, in comparison to like other tools that I've used. They're not built for selling stuff primarily. I mean, yeah, you can kind of hack it together and like keep track of your leads a little bit, use some tasks to remind you what to do, but it's not a sales tool. And so it doesn't have a lot of the features that a tool that's purposely built for helping you sell and do marketing, um, it's, it's, they're absent. Now they have a lot of integrations with both of these applications, but for the most part, I don't, I don't like the way that they were to be able to differentiate between a lead and a client. It's difficult. And so you have to use tools that make the, the problem that you're trying to solve easier. And in the practice management software, it's to run your practice behind the scenes, like keeping track of cases where everybody's at, who's doing what, like that kind of stuff who owes you what money, you know, your trust account balances and all that type of jazz. But as on the front end of like keeping track of like where your leads come from, the the, the marketing that you want to do to those leads, who's talking to them and, you know, where are they at in your sales process? Have they talked to an attorney yet? Have they not talked to an attorney? Has intake called and qualified them? Whatever that scenario is, you need a tool to support that or a variety of tools to support that. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about, I mean, I have my preferences I like working with PipeDrive primarily for lead management and sales because it's just so flexible and uh, it's easy on the eyes and people seem to just get the hang of it. But the main reason I like it is because I can do all the things that I'm asked that are asked of me from like a selling perspective. Right. And like crazy things that would never apply to the legal practice, but it's just very flexible and it works extremely well with Zapier. And so I've not found another, we'll just say another CRM slash sales tool in this space that it's as easy as to use as that. And so that's, I think probably from the, the framework that you want to look at is like, where can I go? And like the, the one thing I'll say as well, around, especially around CRMs and the, a lot of the, there's a lot of like marketing slash sales software emerging in the legal space, like Clio Grow, Lawmatics, like all these types of tools. And the, the main challenge that I have with them is they often have what I call the attorney tax stamped on them where it's like, just because it's for attorneys, it has to be more expensive. And it's like, there's way better tools for less money 
if you just get out of this ecosystem of attorney tools. I mean, use one to run your practice by all means, but like to sell stuff, use the tools that sales companies use. Running your own practice can be scary, whether you're worried about where the next case will come from, feeling like you're losing control over your growing firm or frustrated from being out of touch with everyone working under your license, the stress can be overwhelming. We will show you how to turn that fear into a driving force of clarity, focus, stability, and confidence that eliminates the roller coaster of guilt-ridden second-guessing and mistake-making to get you off that hamster wheel for good. Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time is a step-by-step playbook that shows you how to identify what your firm needs and how to proactively get it at every stage of the game so you are prepped and excited for the inevitable growth that will follow. Name the lifestyle that you want and we'll show you how to become a Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. Find out more by going to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash course. So we're talking today with Kelsey Bratcher on the Maximum Lawyer podcast. He's the owner of Hired Gun Solutions. And Kelsey, uh, we have a question from one of our members in the guild that tracks what I wanted to ask you next, which was looking back at the years you and I've worked together, I would say that I, as a law firm owner, had a tendency to jump, to want to jump from one piece of software to another before we really had even built out. I mean, we, we were with Infusionsoft for a long time, but after that, we sort of bounced around from thing to thing. And Will in the guild wants to know, you know, how do you focus more on implementation as opposed to just sort of looking for the next shiny object? That's a good, that's actually a good question. And I will say we did do a lot of jumping around, Jim, but in your defense and also my own, because I was right there along with you, the jumping around, we ran, we had good reason to do so. So it wasn't like we were just like, ooh, let's check this out. Ooh, let's check that out. We we ran into problems that were going to be prohibitive to us moving forward in a direction that we felt would be beneficial to your practice, right? Like there is no way that we would have been able to do the four-day sales cycle that we've gotten going right now if we were still on Infusionsoft. It's just, it wouldn't have happened. Well, we could have done components of it, but like getting like from beginning of getting a lead all the way to an invoice customer that's paid in QuickBooks and then also transitioning them into FileLine, that's not something we would have been able to do on the platform that we were on. So when I say it, like, there's one thing that I've come to learn, like, obviously I, I am a reseller of PipeDrive, so it isn't my interest to sell PipeDrive to people. But the the thing that I don't underestimate is the tool sets that you have may not be perfect, but there's something that's important that if you have traction, it is better to utilize the traction that you and your team may already have and go further with what you have than it is to try to go somewhere else because you're going to lose that traction. You're going to lose that adoption that your team has built into the tool that you or tool set that you already have. People undervalue it, but like I would rather have, let's say, an okay tool that people are using all the time than the best tool that nobody touches. And that's the biggest, probably like as I've matured in my life and also in, in working with businesses. I don't, I, I'm not going to go and, unless I, I like absolutely hate, like I absolutely hate working with Infusionsoft. So get off of it. But the, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the main thing is if you have these things, like making a change just for the sake of changing, isn't going to be beneficial unless you know, you've run into a dead end, which is what led us out of a lot of different tools where you think like, if you have an objective of being able to close new, new leads in, let's say a very short period of time with a short sales cycle, then you need to think about, can a tool set that I have take me to that, help me accomplish that mission? And if it can't, then you need to start looking at, maybe there's add-ons 
that's the easiest place to start is can I, what can I add on to my existing situation rather than completely diverting down a new path? And, but if you don't have traction and like you've tried it three months and nobody's using your tool, just get the hell out of there. Like just get to something that you think, try it, try again. That's the kind of the easy way to say it. Uh, I'm not going to mention the software, but Jim and I had that, had that issue with our people with buy-in on a, on a certain software. And I feel like you're talking directly to me, Kelsey, about Infusionsoft, but I, I am shopping other, other CRMs to see what works for me, but it's not my question. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be funny coming from me because I like to sort of build this stuff out myself. But I, I mean, we were, you and I were on a call with Christopher Nicolaisen the other day. And I mean, I was just like, listen, there's a certain point where like my, I've reached my limit as to my knowledge and what I can actually do. I feel like I'm pretty advanced compared to other lawyers, but I, there's just a limit, right? So for the people that are sort of doing it themselves, like, and I'm not asking you to, you know, you know, do a sales pitch or anything like that. That's not what that is. What I'm, what I'm asking is, is like, what is it like, what are the benefits to hiring someone like you? Right. Like, like, as opposed to, I know, I know it may seem obvious, but like, like there's really like so much that someone like me can do. Right. So how can someone like you just take someone's game to like some basic level to like to the moon? Cause I've, I've seen what you've done with Jim and it's just amazing. So we talk about the DIYers versus the people that use professionals like you. So, I mean, it's all like, and that's a, such a, cause I like working with people, but I'm not cheap. Right. I work. I, I mean, Jim, you pay me good money and I appreciate it every time, every month that we, that we work together and it's not for everyone's budget to be able to pay for some and work to work with someone like me, but there are people that are available in this space, this no code um, revolution that's kind of going on behind the scenes where it's more like the concepts that are involved in computer programming are now have been like less and less like specialized knowledge is required to do it. And so you have a lot more creativity that can go into there. And so I would say that finding someone to work with is easier now than ever. And the price ranges from you can go on Fiverr and find people to help you do simple stuff all the way up to like, you know, people that are going to take equity in your business. Well, maybe not in a law firm, but like equity in your business in order to work with them. Like that's, that's kind of like the upper end of what I've observed. Where like, if I'm going to help you grow your business by, you know, five X, then I want, you know, 10% or whatever. That's part of the game. So what I would say is there's this like weird issue with like, how far do you take it yourself? And I think the best thing that you can do, and this would behoove you as a business owner is to not necessarily get like DIY hardcore but like understand like, okay, if I'd spend this much more time doing the thing that makes me money, then it's easier for me to do that than it is to spend the same amount of time to get not even scratch the surface on a problem that you're facing, if that makes sense. So it's easier to get more high level visionary type of mindset about something and then find the team to help you build it than it is to try to do it all yourself. And like, I'm, I'm a do it yourself or like, I've significantly hampered my own personal growth and business growth because I'm so like, that's my default. I'm just going to figure out how to do it and do it myself. And only until like maybe the past three or four years has I, have I started to adapt a different mindset where it's like, I know that I can go and do what I do to make the money to get this problem and pay someone and save time and money because I paid them to do it. If that makes sense. It's a weird, like I just saw a comment on who, not how I'm in a mastermind called Titans, the direct response marketing. It's a remnant of my former business. Uh, We joined before COVID (laughs) and uh, Dan Sullivan was speaking and who, not how kind of resonated. Cause at the time that was like almost my own realization was 
I mean, learn the high level of it, but realistically, you'll be better off time, money, and and I mean, there's everything is just to find someone to help you do that, I guess is the way to say it. Me personally, I mean, I'm looking at like the the challenge that I see is like you guys, especially in the legal space. I mean, how much time do you just to go to, to become a lawyer? You had to go to school for a, a significant amount. Of, I mean, you almost had to make a lifestyle choice early on in life to become a lawyer. Right. And so like it's the amount of time you've invested in, in reaching that milestone to have take the same amount of effort and then try to get good at like, say what I'm doing. It's silly. Right. When the, the better idea would be to become a better business owner and understand like how you need to structure what the vision needs to look like all that jazz because you can find people to align with it. And then secondarily, it's easier to find people to help you with the different pieces that are going to be needed to get there along the way. When you meet with new lawyers, lawyers that you haven't worked with in the past or potential new lawyers to work with, what are the main pain points that people are expressing to you when it comes to the problems that they've had with automation? I mean, usually I think the biggest problem that I've observed in like recent time period is either people that try to do it themselves and get in over their head or they, or they've like outsourced it in an irresponsible way, I would say. So like the, the biggest complaint that I've seen would be the outsourcing of stuff to irresponsible outsourcing, I guess would be the way to say it where you're not, and it's nothing against the person that they outsourced it to, but like you have to provide enough guidelines and knowledge to do the thing, right? Like if you, if you get a a virtual assistant, they're very good at doing exactly what you told them to do. But if you don't, if you're, what you're telling them to do is not good or it's not smart or it's not the best way to do something or whatever, then they'll do it poorly over and over and over again for you. And so I've seen a lot of, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Can I cuss? (laughs) But uh, I've seen a lot of messed up systems and usually it has to do with, poor guidance and then also lack of experience to the people that are building it. Or like if I'm going to be implementing a system for somebody, like I'm not just going to take orders and go to town and build it. Like I'm going to tell you, no, that's bad because of this reason, or we're going to do it like this because the, you know, 10,000 hours that I've been building these types of systems tells me that this is a better way to go. And so it's kind of like a hybrid of consulting slash, I guess, freelancing where, you know, I, I actively, I mean, I actively am building your stuff out for you, Jim. But like at the same time, we've spent a lot of time noodling over the kinds of problems that we've had to solve. And we even listed help from like Gary Falkowitz, for example, like we were we were beating our head against the rock to try to get there. And he's just like, stop doing consults or paid consults. And like as soon as that constraint was lifted, it was like, oh, well, we can just move fast now. And I mean, obviously, there was a lot of I would say soft skills stuff that had to happen from like we built our phone scripts via Gary's help. I put together a tool to make that easier and then just incorporated that into it. it was just like the thing we needed someone to give us permission to do, I guess would be the way to say it. <laughs> I think that's a, a a great way of putting it. So we do have to start to wrap things up, but Kelsey, sure. and I, I, I think you're booked up, but I'm not sure. But if people want to reach out to you to see if you're available for work, uh, how do they get in touch with you? The best way to do it is going to be email at the moment. My website's a little out of date. I've been busy, right? It's going to be Kelsey at HiredGunSolutions.com. That's the best way to go. You could go to my website and do it, but go email me at Kelsey at HiredGunSolutions.com or message me on Facebook. I'm in the Max Law Facebook group. And uh, and I'll just real quick, I because like a lot of, I've had some folks that are hesitant to reach out to me because 
they feel like maybe like I'm just going to start jumping right straight into selling them a package or something like that. And the reality is, is that I participate all the time. I regularly answer questions in the Max Law Group when I can answer them, right? Like if it's technologically related to software that we all use, like if you're going to ask questions about like documents and stuff, lawyer stuff, I don't know. Sh- I don't know anything about that, so, <laughs> but I do know about these tools. And so I try to participate and help out whenever I can. And if that means it just, if all you need is like a 10, 15 minute Q and a to get unstuck, to help you get to the next thing. Or if you have a tough choice coming down the pike of like, should I buy this software? Or should I buy this one? And you just need someone to, I don't know, bounce the idea off of like, I've offered that up to folks in the max law group because of what your guy, your guys' generosity to me over the years has been more, I mean, life-changing than anything I can, I could have possibly done. And so I like to give back in any way I can. And then if it makes sense for a project, either because my time is now available or if that's something that makes sense, I mean, I'm, I'm open to that. So it's not a, I wish I had something to be like for this much money, you can get started, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's probably coming down the, you know, pike in the future. Yeah, Jim, we gotta we gotta help Kelsey get uh, uh, some sort of uh, product together to, to, to sell for sure. Yeah, I know. I'm open ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we I, I know I've texted you some ideas, so what we'll the what we'll the get some of this worked out for you. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we do need to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everybody to get involved in the Facebook group, like Kelsey mentioned. Also, if you want to join us in the guild, join us at maxlawguild.com. There's a lot of high level discussions going on there. And then if you don't mind listening, while you're listening to the rest of this episode, giving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Before I get to my hack of the week, I have a few things that I want to say. One was that I just found out that there's a podcast called Gary V Cursing Free. So that they've edited out Gary's podcast with no cussing. And I'm just I just want to say that this is the longest I've ever spoken to Kelsey without him cussing. And I'm not sure why, because we didn't say don't cuss. It's it's totally it's totally fine. If you like what you heard from Kelsey today, and if you're interested in going on this journey, um, a couple of things. Number one, he'll be speaking at MaxLawCon 2021, uh, which is on October 9th and 10th uh, in outside St. Louis, Missouri. So make sure to get your tickets for that. Those tickets are on sale, and it's fun. We're, we're selling a couple every day, so it's it's with very little promotion that that. People are buying tickets for that. So that's exciting. The other thing is Kelsey has a couple different seasons of his Get Automated podcast. And you could do a whole lot worse learning about immigration than listening to Kelsey uh, talk on those podcasts. You, you can find it. And I would start at the beginning and go through them. You're going to learn a ton, especially mostly about mindset. But then as far as my hack of the week, I want to mention something that Kelsey has said to me many times on our journey together. And he touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show. And that is that every time we have sped up my sales process and we've done it, we probably, we're probably on iteration 10 or 11 now of what we've done so far. Every time we've sped up the process, I've made more money. And it's true. We, we've just, we just keep eliminating friction, keep eliminating friction and make the whole thing so much easier. I mean, in the old days, uh, one of the attorneys in our office would do a, a consult. They would say, Hey, Jim, do a contract. I would, drafted in word i print it out sign it email it send it to the person then they'd send it back or they wouldn't and now we have all this automation it's 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 seamless we can get a contract with somebody three minutes after the call and then we have a whole sequence set up to follow up with them if they don't sign it so it's a great mantra it's a great 
thing to be looking at your process is how can I speed up the process to make it as frictionless as possible for someone to work with me? Jim, I, I think I want to I get a timer on this. I think that might be your longest hack out of five years of podcasts. I think that might be your longest hack. Uh, which is interesting. And we do have a question that we will have, uh, we have the lineup done almost. I think it's done or not done, but, or, or close to being done. We'll have the lineup posted for Max LawCon. I'll try to get unposted this week. So we'll work on that so that everyone knows who who's actually speaking at Max LawCon. Um, Kelsey, as you probably know, we always ask our guests to give a tip or hack of the week. So do you have a tip or a hack for us? You know what? I was I actually say it. Like, uh, if you're an Apple user, you should get an M1 MacBook Pro. It's uh, change your life. If you're not a Mac person, then you know what? I don't know what to tell you. But the the M1 MacBook Pro is or the M1 Mac Apple Apple Silicon is what they call it is fast. And like, I can char- I can I can unplug my laptop and I can work eight hours without having to plug it back in. That's eight incredible. to ten hours without having to plug it back in. Like it's insane. Like I didn't, I never thought that there would be a day where I could just like literally take my laptop, unconnect, disconnect power. And then, and also not really lose any performance. It's, it's crazy. So that's my hack of the week is if you're Apple person upgrade or switch out your stuff to an M1, unless you have a compelling reason not to, but I don't know of one for me personally, I didn't have one. What's an M1. So Apple uh, has had friction with Intel over the years. Like there's beef there. And uh, a long time ago, Apple products did not use Intel processors in them. They used a different technology. And so secretly behind the scenes, you know, with as iOS and or iOS devices like iPad and iPhone and so forth matured, they started creating their A1 chips or their H, A1, A12 or whatever they're on now. And so that, that same type of processor architecture, they're now using in the MacBook Pro, the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini and soon to be their other products i'd imagine and so it creates like a uniform type of situation and uh it's a significant performance increase the other thing is about is half the price so like for half the price of your top of the line macbook pro you can get you know one of these uh m1 macbooks wow it's sweet. Cool. It's i like sweet. It. the battery life is crazy that's all i have to say wow okay i mean i think my, my macbook pro is pretty good when it comes to battery life it's not eight hours battery life but uh yeah yeah that's right i, I that's pretty incredible. All right. So my tip of the week is since we're, we've been talking about CRMs and everything, I'm not going to recommend a certain CRM, but I will say this. I mean, I, I've, I've been sort of dug in, into the trenches when it comes to Infusionsoft for years. I just, I had so much time into it. It was, it was sort of cost prohibitive to, to get out of it. But as things have changed, as different options with other platforms have changed, as I've gotten more guidance from, from Kelsey, my tip is to constantly reassess the systems that you use and see if it makes sense for you to continue to use them. Do they do the things that you need them to do? And if they don't, it, it what you've put into those systems already, those are sunk costs. You're never going to get those back anyways. So look into other systems, figure out what works best for you. And then if you have to jump ship, jump ship, because ultimately it's going to benefit your firm uh, in the long term. So one thing I want to add to that real quick, because yeah. like we've, we've moved a lot with hacking law practice and like the first time is hard. The second time is less hard. And then by the time you're moving into your sixth or seventh version of whatever you have, like it's way easier because like it, it's harder to build the thing once than it is to build it or to rebuild it again. Like it takes like half as much time to rebuild something that you just built. Like, so the timeline 
if it took you three months to get to where you're at, it's only going to take you six weeks. Well, if you do it right, six weeks or so to get to the next tier. And like that timeline, it's not as hard to get out of the tool that you're in as you might think. Great point. Very good. All right, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on again, buddy. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for all the guidance you've given me over the years. And I know that Jim's got a lot more out of you, but I mean, you've been very generous with your time with me too. So we really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. You got anytime. Thanks, buddy. Bye y'all. Thanks, gents. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.